1: Hi, this is Jorginho. Welcome to this edition of the
3: Arsenal Matchday audio programme.
2: Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Sunday, December the 17th, 2023. Kick-off 2pm. The Contents... Captain's Notes, Around Arsenal, Player Feature, Leandro Trossard, My Fave Shirt, Community Voice, Sustainability, Academy Young Gun, Dan Casey, Around the Academy, Women, Visitors, Brighton and Hove Albion, Match Action, Arsenal vs Wolves, Match Action, Luton Town vs Arsenal, Match action, Aston Villa versus
1: Arsenal. And teams.
4: Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. It's my birthday today, so the best way I could celebrate would be by getting the three points. I don't think I've ever played a match on my birthday before. Not since I was a kid anyway, probably. So it's a new one for me. Hopefully we can make it one to remember this afternoon. Ever since I've been in England, Brighton have always been one of the strong teams, always fighting in the top half of the table. And again, this season, they've shown their qualities and how dangerous they can be. We need to be ready for another tough game against another tough opposition today. It will be a good challenge, and I think it could be similar to the games we've played lately because there will be a lot of man to man situations. They're a very good team in possession, they know their system well, but for us, we have to win to stay in the fight at the top of the table. We know Brighton as a side that plays good football and are very intense. They play on the front foot, their movement is always very effective, and they like to put you under pressure with their high press. They have quality throughout the team. And also, with Brighton, you always know there'll be a lot of energy from them off the ball. All over the pitch, they put their plans in place, so we'll have to be alive tactically today as well. As we know, The games come really quickly at this time of year, but the good side of that as well is that it gives you the opportunity to get over disappointments like we had last weekend against Villa. That was a really frustrating result, and as I said afterwards, I think we deserved more from the game. Of course, we should have done better in front of goal, but it was an annoying day all round, and it hurts whenever you lose. Again, we're talking about refereeing decisions after the game, and to be honest, at the time, I didn't know why our late goal was ruled out. I've since seen the replays, and the rules are different for attacking handballs compared to defensive handballs. It's just a bit strange. But those are the rules, and as I said, there's no point in being upset or miserable about that, because the games come so quickly that you need to focus on the next one. We played just a few days after the Villa game, away to PSV, and that was a good opportunity for some of the players who haven't been as involved lately. We didn't need to win, so it was slightly unusual, but of course we wanted to win. In the end, I think a draw is a good result against a strong team, and lots of the players who came in did well. I was so pleased for Eddie to get his goal. It was a brilliant finish, and some good work from Cedric and Reese in the build-up too. Eddie will take more confidence from his goal. He's always dangerous in those positions, and the other players coming in showed their qualities too. It's very promising for the competition in the squad. Overall, we had a really positive group stage, finishing top and playing some really good games, especially at home to PSV and LON. It's difficult to compare the Champions League to the Premier League on the basis of those six games, and for sure there's some bigger challenges to come, but we can take confidence from what we've done in Europe so far. The games in Europe have been a bit more open to what we're used to in England, and where the teams don't know each other as well, it makes the matches more unpredictable as well. It's nice to experience these games and we're looking forward to the next round now next year. I've not looked too closely at the teams we could face in the next round yet because I always think any team you face in the knockout stages will be strong. I'm not thinking about that yet. We'll watch the draw tomorrow, but then we can forget about European football until February. A lot can change before we next play in the Champions League too. The most important thing is that we go into those games in a good position in the league too. And so we have to get back to winning this afternoon, in front of our supporters here. We want to make this another special day at the Emirates. And as captain, I also wanted to pass on my congratulations to the youth team, who had a great result in the FA Youth Cup last weekend, and also the women's team, getting a great win over Chelsea in front of another record crowd here. These results add to a great feeling at London Colney and all around the club, and hopefully we can do our bit today as well.
0: Around Arsenal, Gabby and Martin reach landmarks. Martin Odegaard, 100 Premier League apps, 27 goals. Gabriel Jesus, 50 apps, 17 goals. The numbers keep on piling up, and two more personal milestones have been reached recently for Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus. Martin made his 100th Premier League appearance against Aston Villa last weekend. In 91 starts and 9 substitute appearances, he has scored 27 goals and contributed 15 assists since his arrival, initially on loan, from Real Madrid in January 2021. He is the 67th player to reach a century of Premier League appearances for the club, and his record in the competition is W-63-D-15-L-22. Gabi, meanwhile, made his 50th Arsenal appearance in the 1-1 draw with PSV last Tuesday. Of his half-century, 37 of those games have been in the Premier League, 6 in the Europa League, 5 in the Champions League and 2 in the League Cup. He has scored 17 goals and notched 9 assists. Well done to both, and here's to many more games to come. Champions League draw The draw for the Champions League round of 16 takes place on Monday, December 18th, with the fixtures taking place across a four-week period from February the 13th to March the 13th. Group winners are seeded and will each face one of the eight unseeded runners-up, although teams cannot be drawn against those they have faced in the group stage or clubs from the same country. That means Arsenal could face Copenhagen, Napoli, Inter Milan, Lazio, Paris Saint-Germain, RB Leipzig or FC Porto, but not PSV. You can follow the draw on arsenal.com from 11am with plenty of reaction to what we're sure will be a mouthwatering prospect, whatever the opposition. Edu wins award. Congratulations to our very own Edu, who collected the Golden Boy Sporting Director of the Year award for 2023 in Turin recently. Hosted by Italian sports newspaper Tutto Sport and voted for by its board of legends, the award acknowledges Edu's work as our first-ever sporting director, which he began almost one year ago on November 18, 2022, after rejoining the club in the summer of 2019 as technical director after a successful playing career during the Arsene Wenger era. In his role as Sporting Director, Edu oversees our men's, women's and academy teams. Since taking on the role, Edu has overseen the signings and contract renewals of our managers and key players that have played huge roles in our squads. Congratulations, Edu, on a thoroughly well-deserved acknowledgement of your contribution to the club. Ref Watch This afternoon's referee is Tim Robinson. Tim took charge of his first Premier League game in December 2019 and was promoted to the select group this season. He has refereed two Arsenal games this season and both were victories, 1-0 at Brentford and 5-0 here against Sheffield United. He has taken charge of 10 top-flight games this season, showing 45 yellow cards and no reds. Meet the mascots. Please give a warm welcome to our two mascots today. Leading Arsenal out will be Sebastian, aged 10, from Wood Green. His favourite players are William Saliba, Gabriel Martinelli and Declan Rice. The away mascot is Samuel, aged 7, from Horsham. We hope you both enjoy your day. Thomas in Team of the Year. Thomas Party has been selected in the CAF Africa Team of the Year at the organisation's 2023 award ceremony. Our midfielder, who was on the shortlist for the Men's Player of the Year award, was selected as one of four midfielders in the All Star team of players from the continent who had shone for the clubs and countries during the last 12 months. Performances between November 2022 and and September 2023 were taken into consideration, which means Thomas's displays during our Premier League title challenge and Garner's efforts in the 2022 World Cup saw him earn his place in the side. Thomas played 40 times for us in all competitions last term, including 33 of our 38 league matches, during which time he netted three goals, a career high in England. He also played every minute of his nation's three games at the Qatar World Cup as they beat South Korea but lost to Portugal and Uruguay to be eliminated at the group stage. Russell Hargreaves We were deeply saddened to hear of the recent death of Russell Hargreaves, a much-loved and highly respected commentator within the Arsenal family. Whether he was covering a Premier League match or or an under-18 game, his enthusiasm and boundless knowledge always shone through. Eager to inject humour into his commentaries, Russ was always fun to listen to, and we will never forget the passionate way he called so many of our goals. If he was sat down while describing a goal, the chair was always in danger of breaking, such was the energy he brought to those moments. You would never have known that Russ was a devoted Kidderminster Harriers fan, but it was clear he developed a genuine soft spot for the Gunners in close to a decade working for the club. In the press room before matches, Russ was always a talkative, cheery presence, engaging with colleagues in his naturally warm manner. Pre match will certainly never be the same without him. Across the last three seasons, Russ was also a wonderful mentor to our younger commentators, Max Jones and Nick Brumsack, volunteering his own time and always on hand to answer their questions or to offer advice. We will also be forever grateful for the sterling work that Russ provided as host of the official Arsenal podcast between 2015 and 2018, presenting 136 episodes. At the outset, He would often finish his overnight show on Talk Sport at 6am before coming straight to the Emirates for the recordings, but such was his professionalism you would never have known he had been working through the night. Everybody at Arsenal, past and present, is utterly devastated at Russ's passing, but we will forever be grateful for the opportunity to work with him and to call him our friend. Rest in peace, Russ. You will be sorely missed. All set for Liverpool. Our FA Cup journey begins very soon and please note that our third-round tie with Liverpool here at Emirates Stadium will take place on Sunday, January 7th with a kick-off time of 4.30pm. The match will be shown live on BBC One. Should the match be all-square at full-time, There will be a replay at Anfield in the week beginning January the 15th. Forest kick-off time changed. Our trip to Nottingham Forest in the Premier League on Tuesday, December the 30th will now kick off at the slightly earlier time of 7.30pm. And if you can't make it, you can catch this one live on TNT Sports. Islington Food Bank is here! We have linked up with Islington Food Bank to introduce a matchday food bank collection at Emirates Stadium that will run on every weekend match from today until the end of the season. The food bank will be open from 11:30 p.m. until kickoff, and is on the podium level, adjacent to the Tony Adams statue at the northeast corner of the ground. If you're able to help. Islington Food Bank is keen to accept baked beans, tinned fish, tinned soup, tinned fruit and pasta, as well as sanitary products and any Christmas treats, such as chocolates and snacks. We previously set up food banks here on an irregular basis pre-COVID, but this one is the result of a joint effort between Arsenal in the community, our fan services team, supporters groups and Islington Food Bank to offer greater support to local residents in need. Islington Food Bank is open on Mondays and Saturdays from 1pm to 4pm. Run entirely by volunteers, the Food Bank aims to provide people who find themselves in a crisis with three days' worth of emergency food. NMR shirts for more young role models. We launched the No More Red initiative in January 2022, along with Adidas, to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference, and the latest recipients of our No More Red shirts today are Kenny and Julia. Kenny has been connected with Arsenal in the community's programmes for more than 12 years. He was a regular participant on our PL Kicks programme on Elthorne Park, where he was a valued member of the programme. Kenny would regularly put himself forward to take part in additional activities, particularly those that have a positive impact on his local area, for example, by volunteering on our local response during COVID lockdowns. He is now working in a local secondary school as he finishes his teaching qualification. Julia has been a part of Arsenal in the Community Girls' Programme for five years. She has completed the FA Playmaker course and her Level 1 coaching badge, and as well as being a great team player, she has also gained the confidence to connect with others and speak publicly. Julia has become a leader in our community groups, and is an inspiration to younger participants. Alongside her current sixth-form studies, Julia is an English tutor for younger schoolchildren and works part-time in our club shop. Gunners rise to the top. Arsenal women moved top of the Continental Cup group with a 3-3 draw and penalty shootout bonus point against Tottenham Hotspur on Wednesday. The Gunners who featured ten changes from the side that beat Chelsea 4-1 here last Sunday, trailed three times, but hit back on each occasion. Group games that finish all-square head straight to penalties for a bonus point, which we claimed by edging the visitors 4-3 to move one point clear at the top of Group D. Our final group game is against Championship side Reading next month, and victory would guarantee a place in the quarter finals. Ticket News Home Tickets Arsenal V West Ham United Premier League Thursday december twenty eighth KO eight fifteen PM Tickets on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG's via ticket exchange until five fifteen PM on Thursday, december twenty eighth. Arsenal V Liverpool, The FA Cup. Sunday, January 7th. K.O. 4.30 p.m. The ballots are now closed for this fixture. Arsenal v Crystal Palace. Premier League. Saturday, January 20th. K.O. 12.30 p.m. Tickets on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JGs via ticket exchange until 9.30 a.m. on Saturday, January 20th. Away tickets Liverpool v Arsenal Anfield, Premier League Saturday, December 23rd KO, 5.30pm Tickets for this match sold out to platinum, gold and travel club members with 35-plus away points Fulham v Arsenal Craven Cottage, Premier League Sunday, December 31st KO, 2pm Tickets for this match sold out to platinum, gold and travel club members with 30-plus away points. Notice Board Happy 40th birthday, Tony Piroth. Have a wonderful day, Daddy. We love you lots. From Rachel, Millie, Poppy and Ashton. Happy 10th birthday, Kian Barlow. We hope you have the best day watching the best team. Love, Mum, Dad, Amelia, Evie and Jay. Happy 12th birthday, Aaron Vidler on Christmas Day. A big Arsenal fan like his mum. Love you, Mummy, Daddy and Seren Louise. Wishing Charlie Davis Fisher a very happy 19th birthday. Wherever life takes you, I will always be proud. All my love, Mum. Big happy birthday wishes to a lifelong Gooner, Brian McGlynn. Love from your fam. Happy 40th birthday to Stephen Smith. Lots of love, Mum, Heather, Albie, Nancy. Birthday wishes and welcome to Joseph and Michael Sheehy from Gort in County Galway for their first Premier League game at the Arsenal. A big welcome to junior gunners John and Lily Graham, aged 8, to their first Arsenal match. Love from mum and dad. Wishing Fozzle the happiest of birthdays. Number 9 is special, and so are you. Big love always, dad and the family. Happy 60th birthday to Terry James, a lifelong Gooner. Love Glenn, Sarah, Tracy. Wishing Troy LeMerry best wishes for his 21st birthday on December the 15th with love from mum, dad, Jasmine, Jess and everyone. Dylan Freed, fourth generation Guna. Happy 40th birthday to a great man and a great fan. Huge love from all your family. To Laura, happy one year wedding anniversary. All my love, Dan. Happy 9th birthday, Aria Kawa Nanra. Lots of love from Mummy, Daddy, Alina and all the family. Happy 60th birthday, Lee Favell! We love you so much, Dad. Come on, you Gunners. Love from Trace, Demps, Billy and Mackie. 40 years a Gunner. Happy birthday, little Slates. Love you always, AJ. Frankie Lee Ward. Happy 7th birthday. Enjoy the game with Dad today. We love you millions. Love from Mum and Dad. Thank you Mum, Sandra Wood, for bringing me to my first game at Highbury 30 years ago. Sharing incredible memories and looking forward to many more together. Love, Andrew. Happy 10th birthday from your Arsenal family, Raffi Betsy Garrigan. Congratulations to Simon and Alison on your new arrival from all your Arsenal family at the Bank of Friendship. Arsenal remembers Richard Dill Richard Dilly Dill, 48 years young, a lifelong Arsenal fan and a wonderful guy. You will be sadly missed by all of the lives you touched. R.I.P. Matty Cowley, 30th of January 2010 to 13th of November 2023. Such a loved friend to so many. We will always miss you. Gunas forever. Jojo. Joshua Zachary Paulden, son, brother, uncle. 13th of May 2001 to 28th of November 2023. Gunnar forever. Connor Landy. To my Arsenal fanatic boy, Connor Landy. Fly high with the angels. Always in our hearts. Dad, Jake, JJ and Madison. Nobby Boswell. In loving memory of a great man and lifelong Gunnar who will never be forgotten. Love the deals. George Bird. Passed away November nineteenth, 2023, in memory of a dear friend and lifelong Gooner. Thank you for the memories. You will be dearly missed by the Darling family and friends. R.I.P. Patrick Hamilton In loving memory of Patrick Hamilton, age 19, from Amersham, Buckinghamshire. My son's devotion to Arsenal was profound and unwavering. He reveled in their victories and stood by them through hardships. His passion for the team shone brilliantly, leaving an indelible mark on our hearts.
1: Together, Leandro Trossart. We speak to our first-team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. Leandro Drossard is sure to look back at 2023 with plenty of pride. After all, it's been a momentous year for our number 19, on the pitch and off it. The year certainly started in eventful fashion. Leo completed his transfer from today's opponents on January 20th. He made his Arsenal debut in a memorable 3-2 win against Manchester United two days later and then had further cause for celebration when his second child was born on January 30th. Things have settled down since that non-stop start to his Gunners career, with Leo quickly establishing himself as a key member of our first-team squad. He ended the 2022-23 campaign with 11 direct goal contributions, an average of one every other match, including making a small slice of niche Premier League history in our win at Fulham, in which he became the first player in the competition's history to provide a hat-trick of assists in the first half of a match away from home. Leo has consistently impressed this season too, netting crucial goals at Everton and Chelsea in the Premier League, scoring our 1,000th at Emirates Stadium to set up a 3-1 win over Burnley and marking his Champions League debut with a fine low curler from 18 yards. It's no surprise to learn Leo is loving life in North London, and he's putting his encouraging first year down to how quickly he was able to acclimatise to life at Arsenal. ''I felt welcome from the first day,'' Leo told us at the training ground recently. ''The way this team helps you settle in is great. We've got quite a young squad, and everyone tries to involve you in everything. This makes it a lot easier.'' When I arrived, all my teammates came over and spoke to me. A lot of the squad have joined in the past couple of years. They know the feeling of arriving somewhere new and they try to integrate everyone from the start. So, how is that atmosphere created? Winning helps a lot, of course, Leo says with a smile, but I think the manager and the staff have been important in creating that too. Mikel has built a team of humble players who work hard every day. If you have the right personalities together, it's always going to click. That's what happened here. The manager tried to help me as much as possible in my early days here, He gave me a clear indication of how he wanted to play, of how he saw me in these roles. That helped me to settle, just as my teammates have. We have a great atmosphere in the team. If anyone is ever a bit down in the dressing room, some of the squad will go over and speak to them. It's just like a big family, really. All the players are happy with the team. We want to win every game, and that's what we're competing for. There's more depth, and with how we compete, everyone has to be at the top of their game. Otherwise, they know they won't be playing. That's how you strive for greatness. We have such a good group at the moment, not only on the field, but also off the field, and that helps a lot to perform. Every day, you come to the training ground with a smile, because you know you're going to enjoy your day with the team. It's such a nice group, and it's a pleasure to be here. But everyone is really driven to make sure we're a proper team, too. By that, I mean realising the collective is the priority. You have to be completely committed to that. To be really successful, you need to give everything. That, of course, goes for when you're on the pitch, but also when you're not. One week, you could be on the bench, but in the next match, you could be the match winner. Everyone needs to be aligned with the same target, but it's also down to quality. If you have a team who plays to each other's strengths, that helps. It's the same for when a team has been playing together for a while, and it just clicks on the pitch. That's important too. But what's really good here is that everyone genuinely wants each other to do well. That's a great thing to have in a squad. Leo has forged a particularly fruitful partnership with Bukayo Saka. In fact, each of the Belgian's seven Arsenal goals were assisted by our number seven. I don't know why, but every time B is on the ball, I just know I need to make a movement or come close to him, Leo explains. Against Burnley recently, I just gambled on him winning the header, and he did, and that's why I got the goal. I get along with B really well. He's such a lovely guy and always down to earth. You can speak to him about everything, and it's nice to chat to him. I always try to get in the right positions, and so far it's been B who has set up my goals. But I'm sure there will be someone else in the next games, or that I will assist other teammates. Capable of playing in a variety of positions, Leo's flexibility has proved valuable this season. But where does he feel most comfortable on the pitch? That's a tough question, he told former gunner Adrian Clark recently. I don't really mind playing in any of those positions up top, as a left winger, as a false nine, even as an attacking midfielder. I don't really have a straight answer for that. I always try to be in the box and in good positions to score goals. With the quality that we have, I know where I have to be. For example, if I play on the left wing, I know where I need to be when, for example, B is on the ball on the right side. I follow my instinct to get in the right positions to score goals. I have to be switched on every day, but that keeps me on my toes, Leo added, before facing RC Lawn in the Champions League last month. That's the way it goes for me at the moment. I need to bear in mind that I can play in multiple positions and I need to be ready in each one of them. I try to compete and play in the best possible way. Leo's adaptability goes beyond the position he plays in. Although predominantly right-footed, Leo's first three Gunners goals were netted with his left – My granddad really inspired me, especially when I was younger, Leo says. He didn't play much football, but he helped me a lot throughout my career. He was always there for me, supporting me, coming to games and everything. In fact, he was the one training me to use my left foot as well. He always used to say that if you want to be a top player, you need to develop both feet. He said you have to be two-footed, and he helped me with that. He lived nearby, and whenever I stayed with him, he would always take me out to practice with him. Family is clearly vital for Leo, and he's delighted that his loved ones also feel right at home in North London. My family are really enjoying being a part of the club too, he says. They were really excited when I joined Arsenal. My eldest son is still a bit young to focus on full matches, but he enjoys watching me on the pitch. As everyone knows, my celebration is for him. Before every game, he'll remind me what I need to do if I score. This is such a big club, and it's already been such an exciting journey for me. I'm looking forward to that continuing in the future, and so are my family.
5: My fave shirt. Supporters tell us about an Arsenal shirt they hold in particular affection. Today's collector is Geoff Coward from Wiltshire. The 33-year-old is a lifelong supporter and his favourite shirt is the 2015-16 Home shirt. So let's hear about it. I've been an Arsenal fan for as long as I can remember, following a family tradition as my grandfather and great-grandfather were big Arsenal fans. I think around the age of ten was when I really got hooked and started to appreciate the history and prestige of our great club. Hearing my grandfather talking of former players from his era fascinated me and started me on the collecting road. This began with programmes as old as I could find and I eventually moved on to shirts, with a goal to collecting those worn by some of our most iconic Arsenal players. My favourite shirt is the 2015 to 2016 home version. It feels sophisticated and classic to me. A white collar, gold trim and our first button since 1962. Something I've always been a fan of with the Puma era is that the badge really seems to stand out. I associate this shirt with one of my all-time favourite players, Santi Cazorla. He was always worth the entrance money alone, and was the name on the back, cementing it as one of my favourites. The season itself was remembered for so many reasons, not least Leicester winning the title, and even though for us finishing second was a major disappointment, there were some great moments two stand out for me. Firstly, Danny Welbeck's last gasp winner against Leicester on Valentine's Day. After a long time out injured, to come on as a sub and score the winner in such a big game was a special moment. To do it in the long sleeves, something that we don't see so much of nowadays, was the cherry on the cake. Another standout moment in this shirt was the 2-0 win over Bayern Munich, a must-win game at the time. To see the shirt with the Champions League ball on the sleeve and the cup font under the lights at the Emirates made it even better. I've purchased many shirts from the Armoury over the years, as well as linking up with some of the fantastic fellow supporters on the collectors' group, not only to add to my collection, but also to learn about the history unique variations and finer details of all our shirts. My daughter Luna was born last year and her collection has just started, something that is very exciting for us to work on together in the years to come, although she maybe doesn't realise that just yet. Did you know... Injury time goals have been a feature for Arsenal this season and we're famous for them. Danny Welbeck's legendary 95th minute effort against Leicester that season was Arsenal's 100th goal scored in stoppage time of a Premier League game, more than any other side at the time. Olivier Giroud was the only player to feature in all 38 Premier League games in 2015-16, coming off the bench 12 times. He scored 16 times. Fans' favourite, Santi Cazorla, was only fit enough to play 15 league games that season. Are you a shirt collector? If you share an interest in collecting Arsenal kit, there is an Arsenal Shirt Collectors group of over 3,500 members worldwide who buy, sell and swap Arsenal kit from all seasons. All welcome. You can find them on Twitter at shirt underscore Arsenal Or Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 9862024261.
0: Community Voice. Arsenal Acts. Project. Arsenal Double Club. Established 1998. Participants since starting, over 10,000. Weekly participants, 100. Sessions, 10 per week. Available to primary school-aged children. More info, email Milton at hmilton at arsenal.co.uk. This year marks a significant milestone for Arsenal in the community as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of our Double Club programme. A testament to our enduring commitment to community engagement, the Double Club stands as one of the longest running initiatives of its kind in the country. Since the historic League and FA Cup double victory in 1998, The Double Club has played a pivotal role in supporting local young people through a unique blend of education and football. Our dedication to fostering positive change in the lives of young individuals is unwavering, and we continue to offer free support in schools, community centres and holiday camps, reaching out to those who need it most. The essence of the Double Club lies in its dual nature – a club of two halves. One half is dedicated to classroom education, covering a spectrum that includes reading, writing, maths, languages, homework support, and responding to the challenges posed by the COVID lockdowns, well-being and mindfulness. The other half is a celebration of football, engaging participants in the beautiful game. Evolving with the times... Our current sessions align with the core principles of the Arsenal Academy's Strong Young Gunners philosophy. We focus on essential life skills through blocks of sessions on resilience, teamwork and aiming high. As we reflect on 25 years of the double club, we are immensely proud of the positive impact it has made and remain committed to nurturing the potential of young minds. One of our current participants at the Andover Estate Double Club is Eleanor. She has been attending sessions from the start of last year and her mother has seen the positive impact of the ongoing engagement. Eleanor's mother told us, The sessions are friendly and helpful and she is enjoying the football. She is more confident. Before, she didn't like football, but now she is enjoying it. We wish there were more days of Double Club. During the Easter holiday, Eleanor also attended the girls' holiday camp at The Hub. Eleanor said, I loved it, I made friends, and I want to do it again. Eleanor's family have had a long relationship with the Double Club. For years, both of Eleanor's older sisters attended the Harvest Estate Double Club in 2006. Eleanor's mother explained why the Double Club has been so important to the family. I couldn't help my daughters with homework and they needed extra help. I give so much thanks to the Double Club because my daughters are now a success. One is a solicitor and another is studying criminal law. Over the past 25 years, the Double Club has supported thousands of children with their learning in school as well as improving physical activity and access to free football sessions. With the funding of the PLPFA, we continue to support our strong young gunners through education and physical activity. Today, some of our double club participants are enjoying the game thanks to Adidas generously donating tickets. We hope they enjoy their day. <laughs>
5: Sustainability. Sustainability. Arsenal Acts. Tree-mendously good. The Christmas tree was first introduced into this country in 1800 by Queen Charlotte, the German wife of King George III. Since then, it has become a cherished part of the festive season. Now, over 8 million trees are sold annually within the UK, with the real tree becoming ever more popular. But is a real tree, or an artificial tree, more sustainable, we hear you ask? It's a very good question, and one that is far from easy to answer. The debate starts with the use of land. A tree being grown on farmland is taking up space that may have been better used for growing food. Then the tree will typically be treated with pesticides and fertilisers to keep it growing and looking good. But it isn't all bad for the natural tree. A tree forms an important part of the fragile and threatened ecosystem even a short-lived one like a Christmas tree, will usually live for around 10 years and provide food and shelter for a wide variety of birds and animals, especially in areas where intensive farming has put additional strain on the land. There has also been research that has shown wildlife enjoys the safety of fenced Christmas tree plantations, protected from humans and their four-legged friends. A tree also gives us an opportunity, however small, to interact with nature. But what of the artificial tree? Although they could take hundreds of years to break down in a traditional landfill, the impact on the environment is lower if it is reused for many years. The Carbon Trust calculated the carbon footprint of an artificial tree is between 7 and 20 times greater than that of a natural tree, so the key is to use the tree for as long as possible. After Christmas, it is the disposal of a real tree that is the really important part. A tree that is chipped and composted will produce far less CO2 and methane than one that goes into landfill the choice of the tree is also important. Choosing one from a local and sustainable grower and one using less fertilizers and pesticides is a great step forward. If you have space for a tree that still has its roots and can be replanted, all the better. One final thought. If you are concerned about the environmental impact of both real and artificial trees, innovative companies such as London Christmas Tree Rental offer just that, a chance to use a living tree over Christmas before returning it. You can find them and other companies offering this service online. Team Project Our arsenal forest in Africa has made a real difference to the lives of many in the community in Bore, mainly through the well-paid employment that it created. Establishing an area of woodland comprising of over 30,000 trees takes some doing. The plot had to be cleared of scrub, fenced and gated. Then the neem seedlings propagated, planted and regularly weeded and pruned. All of this work is done by a big team of local people, and their wages enable them to feed, clothe and educate their families. So not only does the project reabsorb CO2 from the air and turn it into useful timber, compensating for the emissions released and the lumber consumed in the printing of this programme, but it helps the community deal with their daily economic challenges which are escalating due to the climatic disruption now afflicting this part of the world. Apart from the casual workers, we have a large group of salaried staff, including project manager Alex Katana, project monitor and photographer Lakere Kivure and Musa Safari, our nursery night watchman. The employment on the Arsenal Forest project has to be shared out fairly within the community, and that is one of the main tasks of the Bore Green Umbrella Management Committee, who ensure that many families in the region feel the benefit in Arsenal's environmental investment. Be a part of the Arsenal Forest for more on the project and to buy your own trees for just £1 each, scan the QR code on the sustainable page of the programme.
1: Academy, Academy Young Gun, Dan Casey. Basics. The Basics, born August 30th, 2007, joined under rates December 2014. Height 5 foot 10, position central attacking midfielder. School Finchley Catholic High School. Number 97. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace 80, dribbling 80, passing 87, shooting 88, defending 51, physical 62. I grew up in Barnet and got into football when I was about three years old thanks to my dad. He would play in the garden with me, or we would go to the park and have a kickabout too. Then from there, I just fell in love with the game. When I was younger, I was a Liverpool fan, so I looked up to Luis Suarez as a kid. Another player I enjoyed watching was Coutinho, and I love Messi because he's simply an amazing player.' In my spare time, I also watched a lot of Dennis Bergkamp compilations, and his technical ability was ridiculous. I play the number 10 role, which was a similar position to Bergkamp, so seeing how he played the game helped me understand how to positively impact the game from that position. I joined my first team, Totteridge Football Academy, TFA, when I was six. Then, after about a year, I got scouted by Fulham and joined them. While I was playing for Fulham, clubs were beginning to show an interest in me, including Arsenal and Chelsea. I had the decision to make between Chelsea, Arsenal or staying at Fulham. What factored into choosing Arsenal was that they were always the toughest team we'd come up against when we played them and they had a good style of play. Also, they were the most convenient to get to, as they were the closest team to where I lived. So it would make it easier for me to get to training." So off I went to Hale End to join Arsenal under nines and at that time there wasn't really a trial. You just joined in. You just joined in at that age. I'd say that being in a professional environment from a young age helped me develop my game and helped me massively when I got to Arsenal because I quickly knew the demands of academy football. At the time I joined, Miles Lewis Skelly, Ethan Nunwary, and Will Sweet were all there with me, and it's crazy that we're all still at the club almost nine years later. It has been a real roller coaster of a journey, and it's amazing to see the progression and growth of all of us. When I first joined the club at eight, we went to London Colney and had a picture with Jack Wilshere on our signing day. This was when he was playing for the club at the time and was one of the major players for Arsenal, so it's crazy to think he's my coach now. Then a week later, we walked onto the Emirates pitch at half-time and got to do a lap where we got a round of applause from the fans, which was amazing for me at that age. One of my early Helen memories that springs to mind was our first overseas tournament. It was in Spain and we were up against the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona. In our group we had Espanol and I scored in that game to put us 1-0 up. I had a really good tournament. Playing football with your friends abroad is one of the best things ever. Also, we used to play in a lot of 6v6 tournaments at under-12 and under-13 level and we used to win them all very easily because our team was so talented. It was a joke at times. When I came to my scholarship decision day, I went in feeling pretty confident because I'd had a really strong under-15 season and you usually get your scholarship decision halfway through the under-16 season. But there was a little doubt in my mind, because just a month into my under-16 season, in September 2022, I got a stress fracture in my back, and that put me out of action for six months. But in October, I got confirmation of my scholarship, and I was so happy, because even though I wouldn't be back fit until March 2023, the club and coaches showed faith in me. When I came back in March, unfortunately, I aggravated that same injury again in April, which put me out for another six months until October. That was frustrating because it put me on the back foot for the under-18s. My luck never got any better because then I got a hip flexor injury that kept me out for a few weeks. I just came back last month, and this has meant I haven't been able to make my debut for the under-18s yet. I've played for the under-17s, which has helped me get my fitness back, and I scored in our comeback win over Southampton, which was a great feeling. I'm due to go to Brazil for a tournament with the under-17s this month, which should be a fantastic experience. Having Jack Wilshire as a coach has been brilliant. He analyses the game well, and he's someone I can open up to. He has encouraged me a lot through my injuries and says that I need to take it each day at a time and build up my minutes for the under-17s and then I'll be ready and firing for the under-18s. Before the first team prepared for their 3-1 win against Manchester United, I was able to train with them the day before. I won't lie to you, it was very, very tough. They're so sharp, fast and incisive. It's really difficult to catch up to them because the tempo they play at is a joke. But it's a fantastic and eye-opening experience of what senior football will be like on a week-to-week basis. They're all quality players, but I love the way Odegaard plays in particular as a creator. And I love Bukayo Saka too, he's brilliant.' It's inspiring to see that there are hail-enders in the first team because it just highlights that there is a pathway available at Arsenal. If you put in the hard work, you can get there. It is possible. I've got a little bit of a ritual that I do every time I play. I have to wear a specific pair of shin pads. I've worn the same shin pads since I was about five. I'm a player with a knack for finding the back of the net. My link-up play is a strength too. I can connect with my teammates effectively in and around the box. Recently, I've embraced the role of a false nine, and it's a position I find both challenging and rewarding. I can showcase my playmaking abilities by dropping deeper, but I can also maintain a goal-scoring threat.
3: Around the Academy Seventh Heaven Jack Wilshire was delighted with his under-18s 7-1 win at home to Crew Alexandra in the third round of the FA Youth Cup on Saturday, December the 9th. Despite going into the break a goal down, our young gunners rallied to record a thumping win. Ethan Nwaneri delivered an extraordinary performance by scoring five goals with contributions from Louis Brown and Amari Benjamin further bolstering the scoreline. I thought we played really well in the first half, Jack said. It's always difficult when you play against a team that's sitting in, waiting for mistakes. You have to be really good, and in youth development, when we're trying to develop our players to take risks and play out from the back, sometimes you're going to make a mistake. Then, when you go one down against teams like this, they make it difficult. But I loved our attitude in the second half. I thought we were on top. On Noonari, who scored five goals in the second half of the match, Jack was quick to praise our youngster's killer instinct. Every goal he scored, he wanted it. He prepped his touch and finished it nicely. But it's credit to the players around him as well for getting him those opportunities, pressing well, feeding him and overall a really good team performance. Last season's FA Youth Cup run, when we reached the final but lost to West Ham United, acts as extra motivation for the competition this time around. I said that to the players before the game, Jack explained. I showed them images of the final from last year and asked them to think back and remember that feeling and use that as fire and fuel to really have a go this year. Last year, I think we were really good at taking each game as it comes, prepping each game and looking at the opposition. Again, it's going to be the same. We know that in the next round, we've got Fleetwood or Liverpool, so it's going to be a tough game. Two different games, so we'll be keeping a close eye on that, but we'll be ready to go there and hopefully show the personality we did tonight. We need to learn. Mehmet Ali said that lessons will need to be learned from our 2-0 defeat to R.C. Lenz in the UEFA Youth League on Wednesday, November 29. Goals from Ryan Forfana and Oscar Len subjected our under-19s to their fourth defeat in the competition. We're very disappointed, Mehmet said after the match. At the end of the day, our performance wasn't good enough today. I can't fault the boys' effort, intent and application, but our quality, our decision-making wasn't at the level. We didn't deserve to win the game. Having said that, we had more of the ball than our opponents. We had more final third entries, but they had a lot more shots at our goal. I feel that they deserved to win the game, so very disappointed. But a great shock to our boys' system, because at this level, we've not been good enough. And it's a good lesson to our boys to see and feel but they've got to learn from it and we've got to be better. From a defensive point of view, there were positives to note from the first half, but Mehmet expects and demands more from his players. We're Arsenal and we don't want to just be keeping it at 0-0. I think we did do that. And there were some really good defending actions and some good unit defending when we were compact and organised. But the level we're trying to aspire to, we've got to be able to dominate our opponents and suffocate them in their area of the pitch. Again, we didn't have the quality to do that today. You need to have bravery. Mehmed Ali was left disappointed after our under-21s were knocked out of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy at the round of 32 stage by Peterborough United... On Wednesday, December the 6th. I felt our players tonight played a little bit inferior to our opponents, said Mehmet. If you want to play the Arsenal way, you need to have the bravery to want to get on the ball. And when we did that, we were a threat. But when we didn't do that, we were punished. I said to them, if you lose your identity, it's always going to be difficult to play how we want to. And some of them went into their shells a little bit. As staff members, we've got to give them the encouragement and bravery to do it. But ultimately, when they cross that white line, they've got to understand that they're representing Arsenal. They need to have that confidence and belief to get on the ball. However, having said all of that, our team fought valiantly in the second half. They kept going and never stopped trying. They stuck to our principles a lot better, and we did get some joy. Mehmet also spoke of the great learning curve for his team, to play against a Peterborough United side who stood fifth in League One at the time of the game. It's a great learning experience for the team to play against the League One outfit, who were very good this evening, and deserved to win. It's an eye-opener for the team to see the levels and see what they've got to aspire to if they want to have a career as a professional footballer. Academy players shine on loan. This month has featured some excellent performances on loan from young gunners. Charlie Patino made sure that Swansea City came away from their important clash against Huddersfield Town with a point scoring a late equaliser in the 94th minute of the match on Saturday, December the 2nd. A week later, on December the 9th, he scored the opener in Swansea's 2-1 away win at Rotherham United. Mika Beerith also got himself on the score sheet. The young forward registering his fifth goal of the season with the opener in Motherwell's 3-3 draw at home to Dundee on Saturday, December the 2nd. He then registered his sixth goal by scoring a 90-second minute equaliser in Motherwell's 1-1 draw with St Johnston on December the 9th. Tyrese John-Jules netted two goals in two games for Derby County. First, he scored the winner as the Rams won 1-0 away to Port Vale in a crucial League One game on Tuesday, November the 28th. Then he scored his side's third late on as Derby County booked their place in the last 16 of the EFL Trophy in their 3-0 win over Fleetwood Town on December fifth. After the Fleetwood match, Derby manager Paul Warne discussed Tyrese's attributes and how his fragile fitness needs to be monitored. "'He's as cool as a cucumber. His finishing in drills is really good,' said Warne. "'He isn't physically in a place yet where he can play a lot more than he is playing.' We have to manage his training and game minutes, but I would like to think that people can see why we wanted to bring him to the club. He gets in really good goal-scoring positions, and the lads love him. A really popular member of the dressing room. If we can use him sporadically, he makes the team better, so we have got to be careful. Noah Neri and Lewis Skelly make the bench against RC Lenz. Arsenal Academy duo Ethan Nuaneri and Miles Lewis-Skelly were named on the first team bench during Arsenal's 6-0 win against RC Lenz in the Champions League. The inclusion in the matchday squad signifies a notable milestone for the 17-year-old Lewis-Skelly, earning his first competitive senior call-up after previously playing for the senior team in friendlies. On the other hand, at just 15 years old, Nourineri etched his name in Arsenal's history books by becoming the youngest ever first-team player to make his debut for the club against Brentford last season. It was the first time both players had been named in a matchday squad for the Champions League, and both players recently returned to club duty after representing England in the Under-17s World Cup. It's noteworthy that Nooraneri and Lewis Skelly are making history as the first players born after Emirates Stadium's opening in August 2006 to be named in a matchday squad for the club. It could be Liverpool next. The draw for the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup was made before our 7-1 win against Crew Alexandra and our under-18s will face either Fleetwood Town or Liverpool away. If it's the latter... It will be a repeat of the 2009 FA Youth Cup final, where we won 6-2 on aggregate, with a side that featured our current under-18s head coach, Jack Wilshire. Fleetwood were due to host Liverpool last weekend, but the game was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch at Highbury Stadium, home of Fleetwood. A date for the rearranged game hadn't been finalised at the time of going to print, but all third round games must be played by Saturday, January the 20th, 2024. Keep an eye out for updates on arsenal.com. Arsenal
6: Women.
5: What a win. Yet another record-breaking crowd for the Women's Super League packed into the Emirates Stadium to watch us secure an emphatic 4-1 win against Chelsea last Sunday. We started brilliantly with a lovely breakaway run from Katie McCabe, who then laid it off to Kim Little. Our skipper nearly found Beth Mead arriving in the box with a skillful dink, but the Chelsea backline managed to clear. The visitors did not avert the danger for long, however. Caitlin Ford broke down the left flank on the counter with a series of intricate passes at the edge of the area. Victoria Pelova lost her marker with a neat turn and found Meade waiting. Our number nine rifled into the roof of the net to give us the lead. Manuela Zinsberger was immediately called upon at the other end, pulling off a great save to deny a long-range shot from Jesse Fleming. Johanna writing kanerai did pull the visitors' level before too long, with a low, driven shot at the near post. Undeterred by the equaliser, we set about restoring the lead, and in the 35th minute, our hard work paid off. Steph Cately's perfect delivery from a corner found Amanda Ilsted rising high at close range, and the Swede powered home a trademark header. But we weren't done yet less than two minutes later Leo Valti played an exquisite through ball to charging Alessia Russo and our number twenty three completed the counter-attacking move with a stunning finish past Anne Katrin Berger giving us a two-goal cushion going into half-time. Emma Hayes made three changes to her side at half-time, and the second 45 minutes began in a much cagier fashion than the first. But the Blues never looked capable of pulling off a comeback. We were awarded a penalty in the 73rd minute, after Russo was brought down by a reckless burger at the edge of the area. The England forward stepped up to take the spot kick and expertly drilled the ball into the bottom left corner for her second. Our rotated front line had chances to further extend our lead as we continued to dominate, but the scoreline was to remain an impressive 4-1 on a truly memorable afternoon at a packed Emirates stadium. The synergy between the crowd and the team was incredible today, said head coach Jonas Eideval after the match. I think the team starts to get going well, but so does the crowd, and it just takes it to a new level. You can see how that momentum was when we scored to make it 2-1, and then quickly made it 3-1. We got ourselves off to a great position in the game. Record Breakers Again Last Sunday's attendance of 59,042 was the Women's Super League attendance record, beating the previous figure of 54,115 set earlier this season in our home fixture against Liverpool at Emirates Stadium. The latest achievement comes after a series of consistently high attendances over the past two seasons, which includes selling out at Emirates Stadium for the UEFA Women's Champions League semi final against VFL Wolfsburg in May. CEO Vinay Venkatesham was thrilled with yet another remarkable achievement for the club. The support we've seen for our women's team has been incredible and is felt by everyone associated with our club, said Vinay. Breaking down our own women's super league attendance record is another landmark moment. We're proud of our women's team, our fantastic supporters, and our passionate people across our club, all of whom have contributed to this moment. The hard work that got us here will continue as we remain focused on nurturing the connection with our supporters. It's been encouraging to see attendances and broadcast viewing figures grow this season across the Women's Super League. We want to ensure that we drive this level of support consistently, season after season, as we continue to accelerate the sustainable growth of the women's game. United Next at Emirates don't forget that our next game at the Emirates is another big one against Manchester United on Saturday, February 17th. Tickets are on sale now and selling fast. In fact, more than 25,000 tickets have already been sold in what is our fastest-selling women's game to date. Early bird tickets for Manchester United are still available via Arsenal.com, as they are for our fixture against Tottenham Hotspur at Emirates Stadium on March 3rd. Six stars shine. Well done to the six Arsenal Women Academy players who helped England's under-19s to an unbeaten Algarve Cup campaign earlier this month. Michelle Aguiamang, Katie Reed, Araya Dennis, Freya Godfrey, Leila Harbert and Maddie Earle were all in the squad, and Godfrey scored a penalty won by Aguiamang from a Dennis cross as England kicked off their campaign by drawing 2-2 with Portugal. Godfrey captained the young Lionesses to a 5-1 win over Sweden in their second game, with Dennis also scoring before Agiamang too, and Godfrey then scored the goals in a 3-3 draw with the Netherlands. Swede success. Congratulations to Jonas Eideval, Women's Super League Manager of the Month for November. Jonas guided us to four league wins out of four in the league, The gutsy 2-1 victory over Manchester City at the start of the month, the incredible 6-2 comeback win at Leicester City and convincing 3-0 triumphs over Brighton, Hove Albion and West Ham United at Meadow Park. Having started the month seventh in the Women's Super League standings, we finished it in second place, three points behind Chelsea and three clear of Manchester City in third.
4: The Visitors, Brighton & Hove Albion Today's Visitors Formed, 1901 Home, Amex Stadium Since 2011 Capacity, 31,800 Owners, Tony Bloom Honours, Third Tier Champions 1957-58 2001-2002 2010-2011 Fourth Tier Champions 1964 65, 2000 2001, FA Cup runners up, 1983, Player of the Year 2022 23, Pascal Gross. Most appearances, Ernie Tug Wilson, 586, 1922 36. Most goals, Tommy Cook, 123 goals, 1922 to 1929. Famous fans, Fatboy Slim, DJ; Robert Bathurst, actor; Regan Bone Man, singer; Jamie Theekston, DJ; Des Lyneham, TV presenter; Roberto De Zerbi, head coach. Born sixth of June, nineteen seventy nine, Brescia, Italy. Previously, Foggia, twenty fourteen to sixteen; Palermo, twenty sixteen; Benevento. 2017 2018. Sasuolo. 2018 2021. Shakhtar Donetsk. 2021 2022. When he succeeded Graham Potter at Brighton in September last year, Roberto was relatively unknown in this country. Though he had managed Shakhtar Donetsk in the 2021 22 Champions League, he left Shakhtar following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, having earned high praise in his homeland with Sasuolo his enterprising style having helped the club to successive 8th place finishes in Serie A. In steering the Seagulls to 6th spot and into Europe in his debut campaign, the 44-year-old Italian is already a history maker on the south coast. These are treasured times for supporters of Brighton and Hove Albion. Competing in the top flight for a club record 7th successive season, the Seagulls are also participating in Europe for the first time. They've already qualified for the knockout stages of the Europa League, Thursday's home fixture against Marseille deciding first place in Group B after the Seagulls had extended their stay in the competition on match day five with three successive victories, two nil home and away wins against Ajax, and one nil at AEK Athens. Domestically, Roberto De Zerbi's side are proving their worth for a second successive season. The Seagulls earned a first stab at European competition by finishing sixth in 2022 23, the club's best ever top flight performance, and came into this weekend in eighth place with just four defeats in their 16 matches. Five of their seven wins came in their first six matches of the campaign, including big away success at Wolves, 4 1, and Manchester United, 3 1. And although they've since lost on their travels three times against Aston Villa, 6-1, Manchester City 2-1 and Chelsea 3-2. Arsenal fans need no reminding how impressive Brighton can be on the road as they've won on each of their last three visits to Emirates Stadium, including both games last season, knocking us out of the Carabao Cup before effectively ending our title bid with a 3-0 win in May. With Brighton giving full commitment to their European campaign, There's been a lot of chopping and changing in personnel between competitions this season, with very few players being selected to start every game. Indeed, there's been no consistent selection even in goal, where both Jason Steele and Bart Verbruggen have been consistently rotated. After their fast start, Brighton's form has flattened out, with a glut of home draws. Four of the last five, including one all last Saturday against struggling Burnley, hampering their quest for another European qualification. Knocked out of the Carabao Cup in September by Chelsea, to whom they sold key players Robert Sanchez and Moise Caicedo in the summer, as well as Alexis McAllister to Liverpool, they're away to Stoke in the third round of the FA Cup, before which they face four London clubs in the league, travelling to Crystal Palace and West Ham, and hosting Tottenham after this afternoon's clash with Arsenal. 1. Bart Verbruggen Born, Zwolle, Netherlands, 18th of August 2002. Previously, NAC Breda, Anderlecht. Signed on a five-year deal in the summer from top Belgian club Anderlecht, where he has been replaced by Kasper Schmeichel, the 21-year-old goalkeeper has alternated with Jason Steele between the posts for Brighton, but has done enough to earn the current status as the Netherlands' first-choice keeper having started all of the Orange's last four Euro 2024 qualifiers. 5. Lewis Dunk, born, Brighton, 21st of November 1991. Previously, Bristol City, Lone. Lewis came through his hometown club's youth ranks and has been the team's defensive linchpin for the past decade, helping the club win promotion before establishing himself in the Premier League and winning three England caps the latest two this season, against Scotland and Australia. Already boasting over 400 appearances for the Seagulls, he signed a new contract in the summer. 22. Kaoru Mitoma Born, Kanagawa, Japan, 20th of May 1997. Previously, Kawasaki Frontal, Union saint loan One of the breakout players of the 2022-23 Premier League season, Kaoru has been in sensational form for Albion since the World Cup in Qatar, where he played the role of super-sub for Japan, helping his country to wins over Germany and Spain. A right-footed left-winger of skill and speed, the 26-year-old scored 10 goals in his debut campaign for Brighton last season, including two against Arsenal. 13. Pascal Gross Born, Mannheim, Germany 15th of June 1991 Previously, Hoffenheim, Karlsruhe, Ingolstadt. A £3 million signing from German club Hoffenheim following Brighton's promotion in 2017, Pascal was the Seagulls' first goalscorer in the Premier League with a double against West Brom and has now played over 200 games. The skilful schemer and occasional right back earned his first cap for Germany this September aged 32 and looks set to play for the hosts at Euro 2024. 9. Pedro Born, Ribeirao Prato, Brazil 26th September, 2001 Previously, Fluminense, Watford Gael Pedro had three seasons at Watford, two in the Championship, either side of one in the Premier League, before he joined Brighton in May. The Brazilian striker made history by scoring Brighton's first goals in Europe, a double from the penalty spot against AEK Athens, and converted another spot kick in the 1-0 win in Greece that secured a place in the knockout phase. 24. Simon Adingra, Born, Yamoussoukro, Ivory Coast, 1 January 2002 Previously, Norgeland, Union Saint-Gilois, Lone a gifted Ivory Coast international winger, Simon joined from Danish side Norgeland two summers ago, but spent last season on loan in Belgium at Union Saint gilois for whom he scored 15 goals in 51 games. He started the last nine Premier League matches and struck his fourth goal in the competition last weekend against Burnley, his only away goal for the club having come at Ajax. 28. Evan Ferguson, born, Bettystown. Republic of Ireland, 19th of October 2004. Previously, Bohemians. Widely touted as Irish football's next big thing, 19 year old striker Evan has already won 10 senior caps for the Republic, scoring three goals. Tall, two footed, and clinical, he's already struck 12 times in the Premier League, including six this season. The highlight of his campaign so far a first hat trick at club level in a 3-1 home win against Newcastle in September. 29. Jan-Paul van Heck, Born, Arnmalden, Netherlands 8th of June 2000 Previously, NAC Breda Herenveen, Lone Blackburn, Lone Signed by Brighton from NAC Breda in September 2020, Dutch under-21 international Jan Paul has become an increasingly influential figure this season starting the club's first four European games and their last six in the league. His first two seasons as a Seagull were spent on loan in the Dutch Eredivisie with Heerenveen and last term in the Championship with Blackburn. 2023-2024 Stat Pack Match facts and total cards Arsenal have lost their last three home games against Brighton in all competitions. Only against Manchester City, seven between 2018 and 2023, have they lost more consecutively at the Emirates. Brighton have won four of their seven away games against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. It's the highest win rate, 57%, of any visiting English side at the ground since it opened. Yellow cards. Arsenal 21. Brighton 43. Red cards. Arsenal 2. Brighton 2. Goals. Arsenal 33, Brighton 33. Expected goals. Arsenal 29.7, Brighton 27.9. Goals conceded. Arsenal 15, Brighton 28. Expected goals against. Arsenal 12.3, Brighton 23.4. Clean sheets. Arsenal 6, Brighton 0. Shots Arsenal 243 Brighton 248 Average possession Arsenal 61.2% Brighton 62.3% Shot conversion rate Arsenal 13.6% Brighton 13.3% Points gained after trailing Arsenal 8 Brighton 12 points dropped after leading arsenal 4 brighton 6 goal times arsenal 0 to 15 minutes scored 2 conceded 3 16 to 30 minutes scored 6 conceded 2 31 to 45 minutes scored 4 conceded 1 46 to 60 minutes scored 7 conceded 5 61 to 75 minutes, scored 4, conceded 1. 76 to 90 minutes, scored 10, conceded 3. Brighton. 0 to 15 minutes, scored 2, conceded 4. 16 to 30 minutes, scored 5, conceded 8. 31 to 45 minutes, scored 5, conceded 3. 46 to 60 minutes, scored 8. Conceded 1. 61 to 75 minutes. Scored 5. Conceded 7. 76 to 90 minutes. Scored 8. Conceded 5. Scouting Report Tactics Brighton and Hove Albion's head coach Roberto De Zerbi is an acclaimed tactician who consistently challenges his dugout counterparts with bright game plans and in game tweaks. The Italian's stock formation is a 4 2 3 1, but his fullbacks regularly invert into central midfield positions during the build up phase, making it more of a 3 3 3 1 when his side has possession. One of the Seagulls' most prevalent tactics is their confidence at drawing rival teams onto them when playing out from the back. Brighton's goalkeeper will regularly stand on the ball, tempting players towards him before calmly starting off a passing move that involves his central defenders and midfielders. Their clever use of the ball means they're an exceptionally press-resistant side. Style of play Control is at the heart of everything Brighton try to achieve under De Zerbe, averaging an incredible 61.57% share of possession, fractionally more than Manchester City and ourselves. They're a side that is content to keep the ball for long periods. Slick, cohesive and very intelligent in their movement, they have technically excellent players. They also work insatiably hard to win the ball back whenever possession is relinquished. Pressing in packs, with central midfielders often jumping out of their domain to apply pressure inside the final third, the Seagulls love to regain the ball high upfield. They limit opponents to 10.6 passes per defensive action, one of the lowest figures in the division. And only three teams, Arsenal, Manchester United and Tottenham, have produced more shots from high turnovers. Strengths Scoring in open play seems to come very easily to Brighton and Hove Albion. After 15 rounds of matches, they lead the way with 26 goals outside of set-piece situations, the most of any top-flight side. Deserbi has installed a positive mentality that sees his players perform with adventure and bravery, home and away. Scoring in every match so far in 2023-24, they're averaging over two goals per game in league action. We'll be acutely aware of the threat they carry, having conceded eight goals against Brighton across three meetings last term. Weaknesses The payoff to adopting such a bold approach is a lack of defensive security. Along with Luton Town and Sheffield United, the Seagulls are one of three clubs who are yet to produce a clean sheet in the Premier League. This means that both teams have scored in every single fixture involving DeSerby's side this season. Prone to lapses in concentration, caught out by overplaying in tight areas, and sometimes guilty of leaving holes for opponents to punish on transitions, they're not solid from a defensive standpoint. Key man. Japanese left-winger Kaoru Mitoma scored in two of our three matches against Brighton last season, so he'll need to be kept quiet at Emirates Stadium today. The 26-year-old has pace to burn, and his direct running power with the ball at his feet has given a host of fullbacks problems since he arrived in English football. Only three Premier League players have completed more successful dribbles than Mitoma, who's also enjoyed more touches inside the opposition box than any Arsenal player so far this term. The Seagull star has delivered seven direct goal involvements and has the talent to open up any encounter with a moment of brilliance.
2: Match Action Premier League Saturday, December 2nd, 2023, 3pm Emirates Stadium Arsenal 2 Saka 6 Assist Tomiyasu Odegaard 13 Assist Sinchenko Wolves 1 Kuna 86 Assist Semedo Match Stats Expected Goals AFC 2.89 WWFC 0.71 Shots, AFC 19, WWFC 6 Shots on target, AFC 6, WWFC 3 Hit woodwork, AFC 2, WWFC 0 Possession, AFC 57%, WWFC 43% Completed passes, AFC 545, WWFC 382 Corners AFC 4 WWFC 0 Tackles 1 AFC 8 WWFC 10 Offsides AFC 3 WWFC 0 Yellow cards AFC 1 WWFC 2 Red cards AFC 0 WWFC 0 Key moments 6th minute Saka tucks home after an excellent move on the right wing 13th minute Odegaard superbly finishes from Zinchenko's cutback 37th minute Martinelli hits the foot of the post with a great effort 86th minute Kuna pulls one back beating Rare at the near post 88th minute Nicotia strikes the post after being put through by Odegard. Match Facts We have now scored in each of our last 32 games against Wolves. Buqueo Saka's goal was our 100th in all competitions of 2023, scored by 21 different players. Saka's goal was the earliest we have scored in the Premier League this season. Quotes Gabriel Martinelli In the Premier League it's always like that. You need to be ready because the game can change in one action. I don't think they were creating a lot of chances, but as I said, in one action, the game can change. But I think we deserved the win. We did well, and the most important thing is the three points. So we
1: got it. Match Action Premier League, Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, 8.15pm, Kenilworth Road, Luton Town 3, Arsenal 4. Key moments 20 minutes, Martinelli strokes the ball in from Saka's low cross. 25, Osho heads the equaliser. 45, Jesus heads us back in front from White's cross. 49, Adebayo draws Luton level with another headed goal. 57. Barkley shot squirms under Raya. 60. Havertz steals in to poke Jesus' pass home. 90. Rice wins it at the death with a towering header. Quote, ben White, It was an amazing game for everyone watching at home. It was amazing to get it at the last minute. Three points is all that matters. As many games as we can keep winning, it's going to help us in the end. I think everyone still believed, and maybe that's why we managed to get it at the end. Match facts. Bukayo Saka became the fourth youngest player to play 200 games in all competitions for Arsenal. 22 years, 91 days. Declan Rice's winner at 96 minutes 23 was our latest winning goal on record since 2006-07 in a Premier League away game. This ended our 10-game winless runaway against Luton Town in all competitions, stretching back to 1984.
2: Match Action Premier League, Saturday 9th of December 2023, 5.30pm Villa Park Aston Villa 1 McGinn 7 assist Bailey Arsenal 0 match stats expected goals AVFC 0.57 AFC 1.4 shots AVFC 10 AFC 12 shots on target AVFC 3 AFC 5 hit woodwork AVFC 0 AFC 0 Possession, AVFC 38%, AFC 62%. Completed Passes, AVFC 209, AFC 389. Corners, AVFC 3, AFC 3. Tackles 1, AVFC 17, AFC 18. Offsides, AVFC 1, AFC 4. Yellow Cards, AVFC 4 AFC 2 Redcarts AVFC 0 AFC 0 Key moments 7th minute McGinn fires Villa ahead after a quick break 42nd minute Jesus sees his shot saved by Martinez 58th minute Odegaard fires just wide 90th minute A late goal for Havertz is ruled out for handball Match facts. Both of our Premier League defeats this season have been by a 1-0 scoreline. Martin Odegaard made his 100th Premier League appearance. Alex Sinchenko made six tackles in the game. His most in a league game for us. Quotes. Martin Odegaard. I think we didn't deserve to lose this game, but at the same time, we could have done better, especially in front of the goals. We gave them an easy goal and we were a bit sloppy in front of goal as well, so it's annoying and frustrating. We have to look to the next one. The games are coming so quickly now, so it's no time to feel sorry for ourselves. We have to get back to working hard to improve and bounce back in the next game. And that's what we're going to do now.
4: Teams For Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Shirt Red with white sleeves Shorts white Socks white 1. Aaron Ramsdale Goalkeeper 2. William Saliba 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhaes. 7. Bakayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus, 10 Emil Smith Rowe 11 Gabriel Martinelli 12 Jurien Timber 14 Eddie Nekataya, 15 Jacob Kiwior 17 Cedric Soares 18 Takahiro Tomiyasu 19 Leandro Trossard 20 Jorginho 21 Fabio Vieira twenty two David Raya, Goalkeeper twenty four Reese Nelson twenty five. Mohamed El Neni twenty nine Kai Havertz thirty one Karl Hein, Goalkeeper thirty five Alexander Zinchenko forty one Declan Rice seventy one Charles Sago Jr. For Brighton and Hove Albion Manager Roberto De Zerbi Shirt. Blue and white stripes. Shorts blue. Socks blue. 1. Bart Verbruggen, goalkeeper. 2. Tariq Lampty. 3. Igor Julio. 4. Adam Webster. 5. Louis Dunk. 6. James Milner. 7. Solly March. 8. Mahmoud De 9. Jal Pedro. 10. Julio Enciso. 11. Billy Gilmore 13. Pascal Gross 14. Adam Lalana, 15. Jacob Moda 18. Danny Welbeck 20. Carlos Beliba 22. Karu Mitoma 23. Jason Steele, goalkeeper 24. Simon Adingra, 28. Evan Ferguson 29. Jan-Paul Van Heck 30. Purvis Estupinan. 31. Ansu Fati. 34. Joel Veltman. 38. Tom McGill, goalkeeper. 40. Facundo Buananote. 41. Jack Hinshelwood. 47. Benicio Baker Boati. Referee Tim Robinson. Assistant referees Edward Smart, Nick Greenhaug. Fourth official. Darren Bond VAR Official Paul Tierney Additional VAR Official Neil Davies Today's other fixtures Brentford vs Aston Villa 2pm West Ham United vs Wolverhampton Wanderers 2pm Liverpool vs Manchester United 4.30pm No Room for Racism The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport.
5: new 23 to 24 home kit. Shop now or visit the Armoury.
4: Why ask the barrister if you can be the barrister? Lavazza coffee machine from £1. Discover more at lavazza.co.uk
2: No Room for Racism Anywhere Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League. Arsenal. Awesome. Awesome.